Hey, it's Bill Simmons. We're not just reacting to the NBA playoffs on my podcast. We're also doing it on the Ringer NBA show and the Mismatch podcast. They are coming after some of these NBA playoff games. Check it out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights on the Ringer Podcast Network. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays or SGPs as the kids like to call them all on one page plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win so download the app today and bet with FanDuel America's number one sports book the ringer is committed to responsible gaming please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details must be 21 plus 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Welcome into episode 106 of The Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff. I am Jason Goff, and this is a Sunday edition of The Full Go. Hopefully, everybody's weekend was as good as it possibly could be. I know as a White Sox fan and as a uh, observer of college football and all things Chicago Bulls basketball, uh, this weekend was filled with delights. Before we get off to whatever start we're going to get off to, we always like to say, uh, you know, what's up? Or send a shout out to all the people out there. I want to want to shout out all the uh, the parking meter people out there uh, for having the 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 most haterific job known to man. Um, I had a good conversation with a, a parking attendant this weekend as I as I raced to make sure that my parking situation. I was in the tow zone. I'm not even going to lie. I was in the tow zone. It was 1130. The tow zone was from 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. I came out there and uh, she let me off the hook. That's just because I smiled. I feel like if you smile at some of these parking meter attendants, that things will work out for you because it's, it's a hater's job and usually haters are lonely and they need that kind of affection and attention in those moments. So I swerved a quick $200 ticket, more so, more, more likely a big $500 ticket, because let's face it, if you go in lower whacker, that means you're going to find out you got tickets from 85 that you don't know about. So I swerved something just with a smile. So shout out to all you parking attendants out there. Hopefully your summer is filled with less hating and uh, more... Um, contribution to human life and 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 society as a whole hopefully y'all are out there ruining people's lives and ruining people's days to be honest with you because there's nothing worse than coming out of a club that you shouldn't have been in spending money that you shouldn't have spent and then finding your ass on Laurel Wacker with all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the city because let's face it that's where every that, that's where club dreams go to die Laurel Wacker and if you don't know uh, you are a very privileged person or you just don't give a shit about your car. I know people who have been told, I was like, hey, man, <laughs> that shit can stay down there. I was looking for I was looking for storage and that's where it's going to be. So shout out to all the parking attendant people out there. So now that we got that out the way, the pleasantries, if you want to call that pleasantries, um, I got to get right to it. I know you guys want to talk about the Sox and the Yankees or want me to talk about the Sox and the Yankees and them getting that doubleheader win. Uh taking two against the Yankees in New York. Um, that ain't why I'm here. <laughs> y'all, y'all can find somebody else to talk about Johnny Cueto. Shout out to Johnny Cueto, though. Uh, Tony La Russa, he was, uh, he was playing with fire, letting him go out there for that seventh inning. I thought maybe that was a mistake. Joe Kelly gives up 
uh, a couple of hits, but, you know, the boys hold it down in the end. Liam Hendricks strikes people out. You go home happy, happy, 3-1. And then the second game comes around, and that was the game we was all looking forward to because that was the game where Tim Anderson and Josh Donaldson were going to be back on the field together. And this is, this is what I'll say about the Tim Anderson-Josh Donaldson situation. Um, my white friends out there, you got to realize who you're caping for, okay? Off top. Uh, <laughs> I went on Twitter and I know Twitter is the wrong place for civil discourse, uh, for nuanced conversation, for any kind of context, and the wrong place for me anytime. Because at the moment I mention anything untoward is immediately race baiting and all this other bullshit that they want to throw on you when they don't want to have a conversation with you. So when I saw what happened with Tim Anderson, it was after it happened, right? Like, I'm out here living my life. I'm watching DVR. But I heard something was going on. Rumblings was coming to my phone. I immediately jump on, try to figure out what's happening. And I watch what happened. And I'm going to tell y'all something right now. Tim Anderson played that shit the way that a lot of black people play that when in corporate America. Okay? Tim Anderson caught some shade, handled the shade, but also didn't want to make a big deal about it. And Tim Anderson's homie, who took more offense to it than he did, handled it the way that he wanted to handle it in Yasmani Grandal. This happens a lot. If you, if you, if you ever, we talk about water cooler conversation. Don't nobody talk near the water cooler anymore so we can throw that cliche away. But if you, next time you're around Daryl, at, at the water cooler and, and, and you know that Daryl is mild-mannered and he doesn't really mess with anybody and you feel like you got to stick up for Daryl, go ahead, white person. Go ahead and jump in there and stick up for Daryl because maybe, just maybe, Daryl is thinking about something at a higher plane and, and does not want to engage in that level at the gig. I'm going to tell y'all right now, you could play the games all you want about what Tim Anderson said about being the new Jackie Robinson and what Josh Donaldson is playing like he meant. Let's, let's stop with this. First of all, you're showing who you truly are because you're giving the benefit of the doubt to Josh Donaldson, who's been a noted asshole over the last five, six years. And I actually was a fan of Josh Donaldson in Toronto. I thought, you know, anytime you see a wild white boy in baseball who like got this a little bit of the swag and talks a little bit of the shit, you're like, oh, okay, I can, I can get down with this. Hopefully you ain't an asshole. And then you find out guys are assholes and you move on. Tim Anderson has never really been regarded as an asshole. In fact, Tim Anderson is the most serious fun dude that I think I've seen in Chicago sports. Like, I know, I know what it is. And being in locker rooms and being around young, especially black men in locker rooms, you kind of see guys have to suit up with a certain amount of armor because they're being taken advantage of in these locker rooms with some of these questions in the way that they feel they're being approached in terms of the business, right? And you have to kind of throw that shell on, and sometimes you can't really show yourself. Tim Anderson shows his true self when he's out there on the on the field, but I feel like Tim's reserved nature is a part of him, but also it's baseball. Well, you're not running around with a bunch of brothers in the locker room. So it, it, here in Chicago, we messed around and got Jason Hayward, and you you would have thought it was um it was a Bud Billiken Day parade all over again. You feel me? Like when I was in Atlanta, when they had Jock, well not Jock Jones, when they had B.J. Upton. Justin Upton, and who's the other brother they had out there? In the, I forget it now. They had three brothers in the outfield, and there was an uproar in terms of, you know, Atlanta and then outside of Atlanta, how people felt about that. That's the state of baseball right now. So Tim Anderson being in these clubhouses now for close to half, well, more than half a decade, knows how it goes. He knows who he's around. He knows that the things that might get said on a sneak tip. And I want to be very clear with you guys. You know what Tim Anderson isn't? Tim Anderson isn't the brother you could say slick shit around because you're used to saying slick shit around other brothers and not get checked about it. And that's the biggest problem here. If you really want to talk about this Jackie Robinson thing and Josh Donaldson doing it in good nature and making it a joke, well, I don't find anything funny about the correlation of, of Tim Anderson saying that he's bringing a new wave to baseball where black men who are playing baseball and young black men who are playing baseball can kind of look at him and say, I can be myself, right? I don't have to wear the Bass Pro Shops hat. I don't have to go fishing every other week. You feel me? I don't have to only talk about guns and, and, and all the other bull. I can actually be myself. I can listen to the music that I want to listen to. I can wear the clothes that I want to wear and I can be my full self. And that, that's what he was referring to in terms of being today's Jackie Robinson. So when I hear the bullshit and the word games that, that want to be played by, and mind you, it's always this way. 
you always hate the people caping for the for the asshole, uh, you know, activity more so than the actual asshole, right? Like the people who couldn't wait ran to Twitter and was like, oh, I got to defend Josh Donaldson. And I'm like, wait a minute, for what though? What are you defending him for, right? Like he fucked up. He said something he shouldn't have said and he got checked for it. And this is the realization that I think we're all coming to right now in the landscape of sports and life, <laughs> The reason why there is as much unrest as there is because guess what? The the whole fuck around and find out principle is being employed and executed on a weekly, sometimes daily basis these days. And people ain't playing by the same rules that you're playing by, right? So the game ain't the same anymore. And you can even take that to the college levels of things. Nick Saban going off about Jimbo Fisher buying players and then all of a sudden throwing Deion Sanders' name in the game. And you knew the moment Deion got that text, he was like, oh, shit, it's time to party. Deion had, he had limericks ready. He had the whole, I don't wear a watch, but I know what time. Like, Deion got in full Deion, right? And I could dig it. But Nick Saban don't understand how much of an asshole he sound like, right? Because if that's the way that you are looking at things, like, look at these guys. They paid all their players. That's why they got the number one recruiting class. Well, guess what? We should have been applauding the dudes who was paying players back in the SMU days. You feel me? Now, now what's happening is you've got a whole bunch of coaches who the next time they grab a face mask or the next time they threaten to send somebody back to the hood, you guess what? That NIL is talking now. I can go somewhere else and I don't have to wait a year. The game didn't change, right? Like the NFL, the reason why college coaches don't work in the NFL is because they can't coach without talking to people like shit, right? And the reason why NFL coaches don't want to go to college football is because they don't want to recruit and have to deal with 17 to 18-year-old egos. It's very simple. So you get these little tiny lords in their little small cities and in big campuses and in these little towns where everybody in the town has to love that sport. And all of a sudden, you're the new emperor. You get the Dabo Sweeney's of the world, quote Martin Luther King Jr., but also saying that if he, if, if players start to get paid, that's when he'll step away. Guess what? It's been two years now. Clemson been getting their ass whooped. And he ain't stepped away yet. So I'm still waiting on that. The average FBS player right now is worth $163,000. Total revenue average across the board. If you are turning on the lights in college football, it's $29.3 million that your program is going to bring in. you damn right. This shit doesn't change. And the powers that be don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to deal with it. And I don't want to. I don't want to make the weird correlations, but man, <laughs> we can we can go back in time and check the history books and see when people weren't weren't um weren't very comfortable with the oncoming change and how and what the backlash was. You've got schools. I know of a coach in Texas, in Texas, at a at a prominent Division One Texas University that recruits players from areas where he know they aren't nourished properly. He gets all of them all ready to go, red shirt year, and guess what? They step out of line and he threatens to send them back to the hood. That shit has come to an end. People have to learn how to control themselves. Same thing with Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson. If you say something crazy, nowadays, there's more of a likelihood that you might get checked on it. And the fact that Tim Anderson played it the way he played it that's the way a lot of brothers play it in corporate America. All right, I'm going to holler at you. We're going to clear this up like gentlemen. And then when I get back, people are going to ask me what happened. I'm going to tell my man what happened. And what happened? Yasmani Crandall heard that. And we've all been there before. We've all looked at our man like, can you believe he said that shit? And then your man go off. <laughs> your man is he's like, oh, man, my man is taking this a lot harder than I was. But okay, we riding if we riding. And that's exactly what happened. So for Josh Donaldson to play all innocent and for all the people around him to act like the, the smartest people I have ever seen on Twitter, all of a sudden were dumbfounded when it was like, wait a minute, what's wrong with calling him Jackie Robinson? Because you didn't mean it as a compliment. It was a bitch move. Not calling him a bitch, but it was a bitch move. And Tim Anderson and Yasmani Grandal and Lance Lynn handled it the way that I thought they would. I'm sorry, Liam Hendricks handled it the way that I thought they should. They all stepped up for their man. And Tony LaRussa just... <laughs> He just jumped way off the cliff. Tony, Tony Thelma and Louise, that thing, it was like, hey, by the way, it was racist. And if Tony is saying that, you know, you, you could go ahead and Google how Tony feel about Colin and all that. Like, if Tony is saying that, that's between y'all 
You know, I'm not going to get on. I'm not going to get in between, you know, white men calling each other racist. In fact, I, I, I like to watch it sometimes. It's kind of sport for me. So if Tony's on that in that bag, then enjoy yourself, Tony. You know, if you want to curry favor with, with Tim Anderson for the next time that you, you know, tell him to turn his music down or pull his pants up or whatever old man shit you're going to do in the clubhouse, enjoy yourself. But it's a new day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this is what it is. You can't just run around saying certain things to people. And on top of it, you ain't in the, you ain't in the right to ever tell black people how they should react to these things. That's the other thing that y'all have to stop doing. Like, it's like, it's like a few things in sequentially that, that you go down the order, right? All right. Don't wear blackface on Halloween, right? Right. Like, don't say the N word when that lyric come up and we looking right at you in the face, like, oh, is he going to say it? All right, bet he didn't say it. And then uh, along the line, you know, there are these rules and there are these steps. You got to be careful. You can't be, can't just be saying slick shit to just anybody. And when it comes down to it, I'll check the track records. I trust you. Tim Anderson's track record more so than I do Josh Donaldson. So I'm happy that the White Sox won these two games. I'm happy that the White Sox beat the New York Yankees. I've never been this whole, like, I hate New York and all this other stuff. I've never, never vibed like that. My family, when they first came to this country, settled in New York and then moved here to Chicago. So I still got a whole bunch of family and roots in New York City. Love it, understand it. But at the same time, you know, it just ain't going to fly like that. And f- and this is the other thing, too. For for the lame sports media members in the city of New York who are out here uh, doing their best snowball routine, talking about whoever is siding with Tim Anderson is just race bad. Like, there are actual brothers saying this in the city of New York. Let me tell you something, fam. You can curry favor. All, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, man, I see you, Steven. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> you know, like, it's getting real weird out here. You can curry all that favor you want, player. <laughs> Your ass gonna get launched the moment they don't like you either. So, please believe it. Like, it's just, it's just weird to me. Like, this this thing could be very simple. Josh Donaldson could say the dumb shit he said. Tim Anderson could respond. Yasmani Grandal could respond. And then it could be over. But immediately, people ran to their agenda-filled corners and embarrassed themselves. So I hope in the long run, we understand that um, you're showing yourself when you're giving certain people the benefit of the doubt over others that you know the track record of. And... I'm happy that the White Sox and especially Tim Anderson showed exactly what they were made of, especially Tim in the second game of that doubleheader. The man has a penchant for the big moment. He knew all eyes would be on him, hit the three-run home and put that thing to bed. Hopefully we don't have to talk about this again, but I worry that we will. And when we do, I'll be watching those responses and see who's making a fool of themselves out here. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. Full goal with Jason Golf. All right, we have the pleasure, the distinct pleasure and honor, in, in my opinion, to bring in two of the guys that I not only respect in this business, but I have watched and uh, been inspired by throughout my career. Um, you know, there are certain people who ask me, like, yo, Jay, what should I do to get on in this business? And I, I never have the magic answer for them. I never have the secret sauce. It's like, hey, man, if you could sum up 20 years of doing this in like three minutes, what, what can you put me on with? And I'm like, ah, go cover the games. And then you start to hear like, all right, but, you know, I work. And I, all right, cool, but go cover the games, you know, go, go get, you know, Go get your own content, you know? Make, make, make sure that proprietary content is important. Make sure that the questions that you're asking are being played back on your platform and with your content, with your voice on it. Record everything. Go to some of these events that, that nobody else wants to cover. And I'm going to tell you all right now, the reason why I've said that and the reason why I continue to say that is because you see who's really, really doing the work. And I'm happy to bring in two dudes who I want our audience to understand. That there's a lot of people in this city who who get respect and get flowers. And then there's people who get respect and get flowers and deserve them. And to me, these two young men, uh, these two dudes are, are as 
honest and as authentic as it gets here in the city of Chicago. They are the bigs, Terrence Tomlin and Eugene McIntosh. Fellas, thank you for jumping on with us here on the Full Go Podcast. Uh, I've been wanting to get y'all on for a minute, and I'm glad we got a chance to do so. How y'all feeling tonight? Yeah, Jay, I'm feeling great. First of all, thank you for that intro. I can't even thank you enough for, you know, introducing us in that uh, manner. Uh, coming from you, bro, you know it means the world. But anytime you call us, you know we're right here. Come on, bro, you know what it yeah. is. Yeah, I know. I know. And Gene, you know, I ain't seen you in a minute, man. <laughs> you know, Tony, you got to understand something. I like it. There there are dudes who you run into and you're like, all right, this, this cat is different tenor, right? Like I've been running in the gene for a minute now and mostly at Bulls games and stuff. But then when you go when you go hoop with a dude and, and he and he put it on you and, and, and he talk a little, you know, talk a little shit on top of it. You're like, all right, I got to I got to make sure I, I keep my eye on this cat. Gene, I haven't seen you on the, on the floor in a while, but I hope all is well, man. And uh, thank you once again for jumping on. Jay Goff, man, you already know what time it is, brother. Like T said, anytime you reach out to the brother, it's a done deal, man. We all we got out here. So like T said, man, I appreciate you reaching out and giving us that warm welcome. But man, as far as the hooping is concerned, man, 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 I am down for the count right now, brother. But I'm not what happened? I'm down for the count, but I'm not out. So I will see you probably in about five or six months. I got some minor issues going oh. on. Yeah, but but you 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 me you know from last couple times. So it it finally took its 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 course. So I'm gonna get it taken care of. Yeah, and I'll be back, man. We got we got buckets to get together. But regardless of that, man. Appreciate you reaching out, bro. Let's get to it, man. All right, so let's talk about it, man. Let's This Tim Anderson, Josh Donaldson thing, you guys are in a lot of clubhouses, right? Like I mentioned, you guys you guys are covering everything. Anytime I get a chance to check you guys out on Facebook or the Bigs Network, you guys are in these clubhouses around these people. Tim Anderson, um, I didn't, I, I knew how good Tim Anderson was supposed to be about four or five years ago. And then seeing his ascension over the last three years to, a, to an MVP candidate type of player, um, my man Frank Thomas calling him Little Ricky, talking about Ricky Henderson and setting the table like Ricky Henderson would. Uh, when we see this kind of interaction and people in the city and people around the city understanding who he is and you know the low profile that he, that he tries to keep, what was your first? What was your first reaction to the the incident, the moment, and then the reaction to the reaction? T, we'll start with you, and Gene, we'll work it over to you. Man, well, first of all, Jay, I feel like you hit it on the head uh, in your your White Sox segment when you talked about him, you know, being in the locker room and uh, and being reserved and and dealing with the media in that manner, kind of always checking to see if they come and correct him first, you know, before he kind of lets that guard down. You know what I mean? And uh. I feel like, you know, being able to talk to him, I've gotten to see what it's, you know, really like when he's not reserved, you know, in the clubhouse. And I I feel like the story has to be about, yo, this is one of baseball's best guys. You know what I mean? And this is the kind of respect that he gets on the, on the field from a, a you know, a, a fellow baseball player's trash. You know what I mean? You know, you, you saw the angle on the field, and I feel like anybody, anyone else watching it, it's like, hold on, what what God said? You know what I mean? Is this one of those situations? Hopefully, it wasn't. You know what I mean? But lo and behold, of course it was. And then it turns into something where he made, you know, one of our, you know, biggest heroes. Not just to us, but in, you know, the history of the game, the history of this country. You know what I mean? He tried to turn his name into a slur. And personally, as a black man covering the game, it just felt like a slap in the face to everybody involved you know, with baseball, but at the same time, and I know y'all feel me, you know, it feel like we get a story like this every single year in baseball, you know, where, where a black baseball player is dealing with some kind of racism, either from the crowd or, you know, some racism in the past from the organization. I don't think we should run from the fact that this is part of baseball right now, you know, trying to put a mask on racism, you know, and, and the history of baseball it's it i feel like it's always it's been something that at least the guys that's running the game right now have tried to run from you seen how they do jackie robinson day 
uh, on a yearly basis where we get one day and then the next day is back to business as usual. Uh, you saw how they did the uh, the end racism campaign or whatever after, you know, the George Floyd murder. And uh, it, it all just, you know, feels like fluff. And so when you get a situation like this, it's like, of course, man. Like, I wonder who else feels like this in the league. You know what I mean? So, although I, I said on Twitter, Gene, that I'm wondering how MLB is going to handle this. You kind of know how they're going to handle this. They probably ain't losing no sleep about it. They're like, oh, what? Y'all still talking about this? Oh, we, we got to do something? We got to spend? Okay, we'll holler in. Oh. Yeah, yeah. There's an investigation, and we'll see what that investigation yields. Uh, David Cohn, who was on the Yes Network, said, you know, whatever got said to Tim Anderson, he was well within his right to be upset. And that was during the game, right? Because David Cohn was watching the situation. David Cohn's around the Yankees, and he knows what he hears about Tim Anderson. So he immediately, you know, um, the deductive reasoning, he concluded this is what it is. You know, one guy is a mild-mannered, reserved cat. Another dude is, a, you know, a wild-out kind of boy. And then all of a sudden, dudes are exchanging words, and the mild-mannered dude is starting to go off. I, I, Gene, it, it's so crazy because during the pandemic, uh, I actually talked to Cliff Floyd about this last podcast. I got a chance to be on, like, a black baseball Zoom. And it was a whole bunch of brothers on there, like, and 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 I got invited by Clinton Yates and a whole bunch of dudes just just sitting around talking baseball, and it was amazing. Talk to the players, um, you know. This is on the heels of seeing Ferguson Jenkins statue, uh, right. you know, be unveiled, and I I've only wanted to take pictures with three athletes in my life, in my life, period. And that's Mike, that's Frank Thomas, that's Ferguson Jenkins, right? Because wow. of what they meant to me as a kid. And understand what Ferguson Jenkins was, and not only to black baseball, to, but to Chicago baseball overall. And the fact that it, this is happening a couple of days after his statue was unveiled. How much progress do you think has been made in baseball in including the, not just black baseball, but the culture? Because I see, you know, I see a lot of the Latino homies with the the dreads and with the with the you know the swag and the chains and all those other things. So you know the culture has made its way into these clubhouses and into the game, but it seems like there are these these mishaps and these missteps that happen more often than we'd like to think. Well I mean the 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 the, the culture has definitely invaded the game. And if you I mean day back, Jay, we can go back to just we start with the eighties and when you think about just the Cubs in general, you think about Leon Durham, Sean Dunstan, uh, Jerome Walton. We can Lee go Smith. back to Fergie and all, and all of these guys and how, you know, it, it looked like, you know, the black baseball players were on the rise. But as we've seen lately, um, if you look at the percentages, the percentages have gone down uh, almost yearly. And if you think, if you look now, I was just talking to, who was I talking to? I was talking to, oh, I was talking to, the guy outside of the outside of Wrigley Field, uh, his name is Corey. He's one of the vendors that sells peanuts. One of the guys, man. You probably yeah, see yeah, him yeah. all the time. The guy. Go the yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was just talking about how, man, and he was like, man, we ain't got no brothers on the team, man. And I was like, <laughs> well, we got one. I was like, Jason, hey, we're still around. And I forgot we got Michael Givens as well. But then when you think about, you know, the lat the Latino players who Hey, you call them what you want, but if if they if we were all lined up together, we all gonna get treated the same. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. So, you know, when you look at them, I mean, hey man, the, the, you're you're gonna see those guys because they come. You know, they come from worse conditions than we come from. They they mm -hmm. come from the Dominican Republic. They come from Venezuela. They come from all of these different places, which is basically absolutely nothing. So when they get a taste of this. You know, it's like they, it's this, it's the American dream, so they call it. So, man, I, I just think that Major League Baseball itself has done their players and they've done themselves a disservice by not putting these guys on the pedestal. When you look at me and T talk about this all the time, how easy and how sweet is it to promote Mookie Betts? Like, that right. was just, that was a, that was a, uh, a shoe in. And now when you look at, uh, now you got the Ronald Acuna Juniors and you got the, uh, Jazz Chisholm. 
Jazz Chisholm's, and you got all of these guys. Tim Madison, come on, bro. The South Side of Chicago, Tim is embodying exactly what the South Side of Chicago, being a black kid growing up on the South Side of Chicago is all about. And when you talk about this Josh Donaldson situation, Jay, it was exactly what you said it was. He fucked up and just said the wrong stuff. Simple and plain. He could have just, he could have flat out came out and said, you know what, I apologize. It was my bad. And that's it. But trying trying to downplay it, talking about we joked about it. Bro, just last week, y'all got into it when you tried to knee my man in his chest for the tag at third. So y'all not cool. Y'all never joked about it. And like you said, Tim is one of the most mild-minded guys around baseball. And he just wasn't going for it, especially with the Jack. Like, come on, bro. Like, it, I, I just felt like any anybody that didn't see the problem in him calling him Jackie Robinson, that's the problem. 100%. 100%. A lot of people, it was a revelatory moment, I think. And the, this is the other thing, too. There's a, there's a whole section, a whole society of the sporting community that doesn't know how to be excluded from a conversation. Right. And they're still getting tips and learning that sometimes you just sit it out and listen, right? Like when, <laughs> like when I walk into a room, and I and I hear my lady talking to somebody else, and there's two ladies talking about lady business or woman business. I don't jump in and be like, you know what y'all should do. <laughs> no, nah. I'm like, I, I sit in the cut and be like, oh, okay. Let me let me try to let me get a gem out of this real quick. Let me pick something go. out of here, try to figure out there how I go. can make the situation better. And I think far too often, um, certain certain factions of the fan community can't wait to react because. It's their entitlement to react instead of just listening. We we keep bumping our heads with the same shit. It's just different instances. There's just it's just di- like That's... touching players, in, interacting with players, right? Like yeah. the NBA's issue, and I I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It seems like I'm talking about it every week. There's gonna be a really bad incident coming up here soon where you're gonna mess around and. Mess with the one that hasn't got the big deal yet or mess with the one who just quite isn't into therapy the way you think he should be. You know what I mean? Like the, like, like the people mess around, see people get new teeth and get their skin cleared up and think shit ain't sweet. And, it definitely and, happens every yeah, now and then. Yeah, yeah. Bump into the wrong one. You know yeah. what I mean? We watch Marcus Smart as a as an Oklahoma State cowboy almost have to put hands on somebody. You know what I mean? Really? Like college... And also the the professional ranks, there there are too many people who look at these athletes as throwaways or look at these athletes as just numbers. And I think these athletes are living in, like we're living in the one of the hardest times in American and world history right now. We, we got two years of the most pressure on our heads combined, and we're all going through it together. So for the first time, people who don't know how to deal with stress, dealing with stress, people who've been knowing how to deal with stress is like, man, what the fuck? When is this stress going to alleviate? And all we're doing is sitting here being thrown in the mixing pot, and you got people who just don't want to listen. You just, like, I don't know what it is to tell someone, just call a man by his name. <laughs> just call a man by his name and you'd be cool. Even if you're not friends with the man, because he obviously weren't friends, right? I don't want to belabor the point on this Tim Anderson thing, but they ain't friends. Like you mentioned, they just had the tag situation the other day, right? And and now you're messing around talking about inside jokes. You know what you were saying. So as we go forward here, um, I, I I wonder, I wonder this thing is going to come to a fever pitch and we gonna, there's going to be an instance where the, it's not going to be the perfect messenger, but a message is going to be sent. It was close. To, it was yeah. close to being Tim Anderson this time. Yeah. yeah I mean, and you saw, you know, uh, Jose and, uh, and Gavin Sheik step in and, and kind of, you know, keep, you know, Tim from doing something on that level. But at the same time, Jason, I feel like one of the craziest things uh, to me is that these are things that I feel like most black people have experienced. And, and, and Tim Anderson just so happened to experience it on TV during the baseball game. And white people always want to say, oh, that's not racism. It's like, even though I'm telling you that that's happened to me in, a, in the past. This is how before. it feels. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And, and it's identical to how it went down. This is textbook, even, a, even down to the response, where they try to place the onus back on Tim 
for this situation happening. You know, it's like, oh, he called his stealth jacket. It's like, come on, y'all. But like, who, who y'all think y'all playing? Come on, stop. But you know the game. You got to be careful like with the he 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 calls himself that. Why can't I? Because that will, it, that it will sounds get you. a lot like the ER versus the A conversation. <laughs> you know? That will that you will get me? you that will get you lumped up out here. You got to you got to be careful. Got to be careful. Gee. Man, the, the, the guys told me Tim was in his feelings. I left it alone, brother. <laughs> Oh, don't I worry. There's, there's a couple of dudes on my group chat was like, but he called himself that. I'm like, yeah, all right, man. Exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> but see now, were they saying he was in his feelings because they was like playing from behind or was it just Tim Salty? Because I feel like the response to it, they responded how you respond in baseball. They went out, put up a fight the rest of that game, but then came and got two wins the next day. Right. You feel me? So they did what they were supposed to do. I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't know if he was in his feelings, man. Yeah, you know I mean, I think he he wanted to slap dude. That's why I left it alone, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Time for some commercials. It's the full go, baby. All right, Gene. What's up with your Cubs, man? <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a long season, brother. Even though they they salvaged a, a W today. Mm-hmm. Not getting swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks, but it is going to be a long season. And David Ross's managerial expertise will be put to the ultimate test. But, hey, man, what it, this is a team that had no expectations. You know, Jed Hoyers talked about the last year and a half about building this brand new, uh, you know, this next great Cubs team. And, mm-hmm. you know, if the Rickets don't open up their pocketbooks anymore and continue to uh, – you know, milk every dollar they can get out of the fan base, then this is what you're going to see for the next who knows how many years, man. I won't say the lovable losers are coming back, but, um, yeah, it's just going to be a long season, man. These are, you know, you got about 75 to 80% of the squad who they're just trying to show that they can be everyday Major League Baseball players. And you got the, the, the three amigos, the last of the Mohicans with Kyle Hendricks, Mm-hmm. Jason Hayward and Wilson Contreras, who are the lone leftovers from the championship team, enjoy Wilson Contreras for the last month and a half that you got him, uh, right. Cubs fans, because, you know, I think he's on his way out. Uh, you know, they're calling for Jay Hayes' head. They want him out, but he's going to opt back in for of his course. $23 million, which he did. <laughs> yes, sir. And shout out to Jay Hay. I talked to him earlier. He's on the COVID list, but he says that he's uh, – on his way back and he can't wait to get back. But he also said that the Jason Hayward Academy is a go. They just hired the head of operations over there. So he said when they, yeah, when they, when he gets everything going, you know, they want us to come out there and, you know, check everything out and get some footage and sound bites for the site. But yeah, man, it's going to be a long season. Uh, They'll be calling for David Ross's head as well. And uh, they'll be calling for Jed Hoyer's head, too. So, Cubs fans, be easy, man. It's, you know, don't act like if you've been a Cubs fan as long as I have. Don't act like we ain't been here before. Yeah. Gene, you know, I feel like Gene knows me better than anybody, Jason. And I feel like he knows I'm a recovering Cubs fan. I know. <laughs> elite basher. You know what I mean? And I, I got, I've been, you know, <laughs> off that for years. But nothing kind of brings me back to it like the Cubs losing and in the middle of Gene saying those things I was holding myself back button in like oh oh but <laughs> the only question I have is, is you know is is Wrigley Field that big of a draw and I know that was the the play this summer and you know they they had Carlos Correa dreams they got my boy Marcus Stroman who I got a lot of respect for and I enjoy yes, watching him do his thing um but this is rebuild mode, you know, and, I, and and even with, you know, the news of our boy Ed Howard, you know, it's kind of what we've been, you know, yeah. been paying attention to uh, with his hip, uh, his hip injury. Uh, we're definitely now looking, you know, at his road to recovery and looking at the other side when he gets back. And uh, I feel like as a somebody that has enjoyed the Cubs over the years and, and on the low. Y'all can't tell nobody. I've been like a classic Cubs fan like my whole life. It's always been the fans. It's always just been the fans. Um, one day I'll probably put it in the book like my Cub journey. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I feel like those guys, you know, what's going on over there? 
my favorite thing about it is watching Gene do his thing. So it, as long as Gene is wrapping up, racking up interviews, yeah, that's going to be my favorite part of what's going on in, on the north side right now, you know. How'd y'all, uh, how'd y'all bring this thing together, man? Like, like I said, the, the movement is strong in the city. Uh, a lot of people rock with y'all. Um, uh, a lot of people that I trust, you know, rock with y'all, and y'all respected by people that I respect. How did y'all come together as a as an entity and, and turn this thing into a a platform? First and foremost, man, it was God. It was a divine thing. You know, looking back on it, it gets clearer and clearer. You know, uh, with each day that goes by, it was something that just was meant to happen. Um, I look back at when I didn't know Gene and uh, and other people around me, you know, knew him. And I was like, man, who is this cat? Did and our paths crossed, the relationship grew. Uh, I got into a situation and it was more than a situation. I was uh, the managing editor at Chicago Defender doing my thing. Okay. And I uh, was calling shots and <laughs> got, got into a, a situation with a mentor, a woman I still love. Uh, creatively, Kai Elzabar, and she ended up letting me go. Okay. And um, from that point, I, I, I started like, look, I understand. I've had the time of my life where I was able to see some things, and I'm hoping that you allow me to keep up, you know, the relationships that I've built while, you know, I was able to, at the time while I was at the Defender, and shout out to the Defender. They always got a piece of my heart. Um, but when she said yes, she was like, look, man, you, you did your thing. Those are your relationships shaping into what you want to shape it into. The first thing I did, Jason, is uh, I pulled up to Gene's crib. We had one of our classic conversations, and I'm like, man, we can pull up to the boys' locker room, and we'll be the ones to interview Derek and Joe King. Yes, sir. And, and put our voices on the platform with guys like Casey Johnson and mm-hmm. Joe Kylie. And uh, Vince Goodwill at the time who was doing his thing. At Great Sam's angry ass, my man Sam, what up, baby? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, one of the real ones, you know what I mean? Uh, but honestly, it goes to what you said in the beginning. You know, I feel like we did a lot of things and loved doing it when a lot of people didn't want to touch it. We held down, uh, the first thing we did was cover the, the Shali. Mm. You know, and the fact that nobody else was covering that gave us an opportunity to stand out. And uh, we took that and ran with it, man. You know, we, we still got a, a relationship with a lot of those, a lot of those hoopers, a lot of those coaches that have helped us down the line when, when it got into covering high school basketball and things like that. Uh, but from my perspective, uh, it's been divine movements, man. It, you know, these are steps that have been ordered. And um, I feel, you know, like, the, the position that we've been able to be in, you know, I feel just honored to share it with guys like Gene, guys like Herb Howard, uh, John Alexander, uh, Brandon Collier, who you guys don't get to see, but uh, help us put this together. Sidney Brown, Drew Stevens. And, and you see, the list goes on. It used to just be me and Gene. I mean, it used to just be me and Gene. Shaquille That's Taylor. You know what I mean? I can't forget about Shake, who, who's definitely... Uh, helped us do our thing. And I don't, because I'm about to pass the mic, but you see, I can go on and on. Nah, you can keep going, journey. brother. Yeah, you can keep <laughs> going, I can go on and on about this journey, man. It's, it's been, it's been very special. Uh, the support that we've gotten uh, along the way has helped us go further. You know, guys like you, Jason, guys like Lawrence, Cam Smith, Brian Crawford, Sean Marcel, Tony Gill. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the guys, you know what I mean? I feel yeah. like, we found our tribe stepping into this and what drives us is the work. Yeah, you know I mean, it's it's always about what, what the next play is, you know, where's the next opportunity, moving on from maybe a note. You you know how it goes. Yeah, you know I mean? But regardless, you know, moving, you know, moving with our heads up, you know, moving with honor, you know, moving with class and uh telling the truth. Yeah, you know I mean, that that's that's what's gonna float. So Man, we, we we do our thing and we have a, a a great time doing it. I I can't even get into the memories because it is so many. You know what I mean, and last week, you feel me? Like from early <laughs> on, a couple of days ago. That's how life has been. And um I'm just thankful to be in a position where 
I get to sit down with Jason Goff. I, I, when I get done with this, I'm calling my father. Like, hey, you know, Knock I sat off. down. <laughs> I got Jason. But come on, Jason. I, I used to roll from Bulls games with my dad when I used to have to sit in the back seat. Y'all <laughs> would be holding it down. I, I, I told you, I can, you, we've talked behind the scenes. I got stories for days, but to to also bring Eugene and his story to and, and everything he's put in to Chicago sports to the forefront. I've said it a million times. I get the opportunity to, to do my thing with a Chicago sports legend, somebody who's been at the the corner of of everything that's happened in Chicago sports, 100%. not just Chicago sports music as well. Um, to to be able to you know, help him do some of the things that he's always wanted to do. And I always say that. I always got to follow it up with he's helped me do some of the things I always wanted to do. So yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a, you know, a cycle. But man, this it's a beautiful thing. So there it is. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, Gene is definitely uh Gene's the mayor, fam. Like there's, there are very More. few people. I, <laughs> I, I, I have, I, I, I listen, there, there are a couple of instances that I've been in where I've been like, you know, Gene, and like, oh yeah, I'm like, all right, cool, I'm cool, all right, back. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. There's one person in here that, that if if it go down, uh, you can call Gene, and we we be all good. People, you know, it's so funny, man. People talk that Evanston shit all the time. I'm like, yo, it's not a neighborhood in this city I can't go into, not one, and it's because of not just. um Facts that I've been in those neighborhoods. Like right now, I'm, I was looking for my AirPods. I hit the find my uh find my uh you know device app on 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 Siri or whatever. My AirPods is at Francis's. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not, oh, wow. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> like wow. like there's there's nowhere in the city that I can't go, and it's because um of the work like you mentioned that I put in and that you guys have put in and definitely the relationships that we have built and just, you know, being around you dudes, I, I've always appreciated the energy. Gene, um, as we wrap this thing up, LeVar Ball talked to your man Cap the other day and all of a sudden, whole bunch of now, I'll say this because Tony Gill is my witness last week. Got to read between the lines sometimes here on this podcast. I said that Zach Levine was 75% back with the Chicago Bulls, and I saw my man Tony's face go like, what? Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's real. Business decisions are business decisions. Dudes like to get wooed. You feel me? When we when we talk about things in totality, you know, the Jim Boylan experience is in there too, right? Like, like people, <laughs> people, people look at Zach and it's like, man, you had a good year. You played through knee injuries. What's that? Like, yeah, I also paid a coach's fine. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, I also, exactly. also was asked to run two-man game with Lowry Marketing. You know, like, these are the things Ooh. where when you peel out, it's kind of like if you're in a rocky relationship or whatever, and you're like, ah, oh, don't think about, don't think about that good date. <laughs> think about the entire situation. So in this time where Zach Levine is one of the hotter commodities on the free agent market, let's face it, right? You look at the names that are supposed to be free agents this year, Zach Levine is right at the top. So as we sit here on, what is it, May 22nd, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, Sunday May night, 22nd. May 22nd. Gene, yeah. Zach Levine is a Chicago Bull to start the next NBA season. Are you, If you were a betting man, what percentage would you put on? Man, if I was a betting man, and I am. Shout out to Travis. Hey, yeah. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't mess up the money. Shout out to FanDuel okay. Sportsbook out here. <laughs> Shout out to FanDuel Sports. You're right, man. They, 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 they just showed me some love, too, man. Shout out to all of the, you know, all of these uh, guys who are who yeah, taking yeah, over yeah. the game lately. <laughs> but, man, Jay, I'm going to go with 25%, man. 25 that he's back? That he's, yeah, 25, 75% that he's out of here. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, man. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, no, it's about the money. We know the Bulls can offer him. It'll be, what, five years, like 221 or something like that? Yeah, I think he's going to get the contract from the Bulls no matter what. And then if you got to go, you sign a trade. There you go. It's definitely sign a trade action. Uh, I don't think he took lightly to being second fiddle to DeMar DeRozan. 
And I also don't think he took lightly to that situation with the Bulls and the Sacramento Kings a couple of years ago. So when they forced uh, him to go go get his contract, yeah, man, go get the contract. Yeah. So like you said, you got to take everything into consideration. You got to also think, hey, man, he's a clutch guy now. So you know how rich you know how rich Paul them guys they like uh well what's what's my guy uh, they they like the Scott Boris of the NBA Rich Paul is like the Scott <laughs> Boris of the NBA now nah, man they get gully and they get it done so you know um I've heard you know my boy Dame I know they've been you know talking a yeah. little bit of Zach Levine you know they're gonna have a little money to to, to shoe over next year uh you know let's talk about the Lake Show trying to run it back one more time but. I'm all for, and I know people have been down on me about this, Jay, but I'm all for bringing AD back to the crib. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm all for bringing AD back to the crib. But when I, I'm just looking at the Bulls situation going forward. When you think about we'll have, what, a 32, 33-year-old DeMar DeRozan. We'll have a 31-year-old Vooch. Uh, we'll got Pat Will, who who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm a... I'm I'm wouldn't say I'm a P wheel guy, but I do see the potential. I do see, you know, I, I see it. It's yeah. all about him putting in the work and, and getting there. And it's also about those coaches, you know, aiding in the system as well. But then you think about Alonzo and his knees and, you know, no draft capital. It's just a lot of things moving forward with this Bulls team that I'm not too sure about. And I know Zach is like, hey, look, man. I'm 27. I got a lot of mileage on these knees. I'm about to have this scope. I can't be wasting my time here, man, too much longer. So if y'all don't put if, if y'all don't put something sweet before me, I'm gonna have to rotate, man. So I'm gonna go 75-25, Jay. I think it's gonna be sign a trade. Let Zach go out west, be close to the crib, and find us a way to get AD back to the crib. We get him back on this square on the land, and we see what we can do with that. T, your your thoughts. Gino, you know, I, I, I've said that for about a year. If Zach wanted to leave Van Portland, I feel like was going to be in position there looking for somebody else, you know, because I feel like that's the only other place Zach can have that top dog opportunity. But my question is, if if that's true, if if Zach feels disrespected or he didn't like the fact that DeRozan kind of took over things here, whose fault is it that it went that way? You know what I mean? I feel like early on in the season, Zach looked kind of comfortable letting DeMar DeRozan kind of take over that role of top dog. And I know it was some instances where DeRozan was like, nah, this is my ball. But ain't that what a top dog does? You know, I, I thought it was I thought it was kind of clear that Zach looked like his sidekick. And as the year progressed, I thought he was okay with that. Well, yeah. I, well, I want I want to hear from the Bulls pre and post. Uh, oh. That's who Period. I want to hear from the guy Period. that got the inside. The guy that got the inside scoop, man. Let See, me know. Now, What's now, your this, thoughts, this, this is where this is where we're gonna get in trouble because you know I um I don't have more of an inside scoop than either one of you have. I'll say this: I the reason why I started this conversation last week with the 7525 is because all of the things that you just mentioned and the Sacramento piece I think is very important when you have to prove to your employer your worth and then you get that worth and it's time to also get it again that proving period can go one of two ways it can go one way where it's like I'm glad that y'all forced me to take this next step be responsible um you know produce when the money is on the line, or it can go, y'all didn't value me, and now you're forced to. And I can dig it. I, th- this is business, right? And the, the tricky part is the Bulls, the Vooch trade, let's face it, the Vooch trade was a plea to Zach, hey, man, we ain't going to leave you out here alone. We're we going to get you another all-star. We're going to mortgage a couple of these young dudes. We're going to mortgage a couple of picks. Um, it may hurt us in the long run, and I'm sure that's how they they broke it down to him. This may hurt us in the long run, but we're doing this because we want to keep you around. I don't think the Bulls, Zach Levine, or anybody understood or knew that DeMar DeRozan was coming here on a redemption tour. And that redemption tour was, 
Y'all buried me in San Antonio for a year and a half. I'm still the man. And the two teams that I wanted to play for back at the crib kind of lowballed me. And one is disorganized. The other one, y'all got two stars already. I could dig it. Not playing third fiddle for nobody. I'm doing my thing because I don't know how much more of this I got left. Now, going forward, those roles have been established. So now the only way those roles change is through injury. That's the only way they change. If DeMar DeRozan, you know, God forbid, gets hurt and he starts to settle into old man DeMar DeRozan supposedly next year, that's the only way (laughs) Zach Levine becomes the top tier, number one bona fide, I take the last shot, I make all the decisions in the huddle guy. You know, if you've noticed over the last three or four years, the newest dudes have been the, the strongest voices on this team. And that's never a good thing. Whether it be Tristan Thompson, Thaddeus Young, DeMar DeRozan now, like the, the dudes who've been here for six minutes are the dudes who, who run shit. And when, when I look at it, when you get paid max money, um, you get paid that money for everything. I'll never forget sitting down in the summer league and talking to George Carl, who was the ultimate hater in this moment. Uh, but he was spitting real shit when he was talking about Carmelo. I was in some, I was in Vegas, the summer league, where Carmelo got his max deal from the New York Knicks. And, of course, George Carl had his interaction with Carmelo in Denver. And during a commercial break, he was just like, you know, he's going to have to now be the mellow that he's always kind of been uncomfortable being. Like, you can't just score when you're the max guy. You got to – you got to – and this is what the role now um, encompasses. You got to be a collar snatcher, right? You can't worry about people and their feelings. And I think too many times last year, there wasn't um, there wasn't an uncomfortable guy, right? And a guy that you couldn't tell my bad to, right? We saw rotation after rotation missed in that Milwaukee series. The Milwaukee Bucks were there for the taking, but the Bulls didn't play disciplined enough defense, didn't, didn't rotate the way they were supposed to. You could just tell the championship caliber as opposed to the, oh, this is our first taste caliber. Now going forward, when you get paid that money, nobody cares that this is your first playoff experience. Nobody cares that your knee isn't what it used to be or the first seven years of your career. So yeah, I think Zach Levine will be a bull. I just want to see what it looks like after the expectations and the pressure go up and your physical ability kind of comes down a little bit. Zach's going to have to be a smarter basketball player on defense and on offense. And the baseline that he showed people with the Team USA experiment and going out there and defending at a high level and being one of the three or four best players on that team in certain moments, like, that is expected going forward. So the careless turnover and the awkward shot selection, like, things like that have to be taken out of your game. Now, the question is, do you tell yourself, you know what, I'm ready for that? Or do you tell yourself, I'm kind of cold being the person that I am. Like, self-inventory is, is always important. Everybody be like, oh, be independent. Go work for yourself. Guess what? Not everybody's a boss. Some people are workers. And, and the quicker you understand that, the better off you'll be. You'll probably earn more money being a worker as opposed to being this fake boss <laughs> in your head. And, and, and when I think about it, if Zach Levine has come to or can come to grips with being the second or third dude, there's a difference between talking about championship, Zach, and getting bounced in the second round, Zach. And if these things that he's ticking off on his, you know, his his mission statement, career mission statement, all right, all-star. All right, I want to be a max player. I want to be a playoff player. Like, some of those things he's gotten to very late in his career because of circumstances. So now you're being asked to prove everything while also getting those first experiences. So right. I think he'll be back, but I also think um, the Zach that, that people are going to ask for is a Zach that he has to be ready to be every single night. I'm not saying he's not ready to be it. It's just once you get that dough, it's like we all know, like once you get any kind of promotion, whether you're ready for it or not, it's time to party. I'll never. The moment I stepped on that set at NBC Sports Chicago, petrified, nervous as hell. Second game, had an anxiety attack in the conference room. Like, I couldn't move. Like, they had to come and get me from the conference room. Like, hey, you ready for the show? I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. I was sitting there stone frozen for 25 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, the first one was off of adrenaline. Now it's like, all right, it's got to set in now. Now you got to do this every night. And you got to follow yep. up one of the best who've done it in this city. And Mark Shanowski. I think Zach Levine is in the space now where it's like, oh, okay, this is what it is. I went up against the Greek freak 
and, and who arguably is the best player in the league, right? They didn't have Chris Middleton, and they beat us, right? Like, making the most out of the least. That's what getting that money means now. So if you want to do that here and be the first or second guy eventually, or if you want to go to L.A. and be the third guy, it's about the self-inventory. And I think Zach Levine is um, uh, so crazy because I talked to him that at a summer league as well. With the same summer league, I talked to George Carl, talked to Zach Levine, and his, his family was around everything. And the first thing I noticed, and I told Sam Mitchell, I was like, yo, that dude has an, an amount of confidence that that is just uncanny because it's not like that false confidence. It's that I know I can do this and I'm going to show you. And if you force me to talk, I'm going to do it. He's got to do that now. His, his, his game now has to elevate to that, that level. And I think he's going to take that challenge. So long, long answer to a very short question. I think he will be a Chicago Bull, but I think we're getting ready to see uh, an undertaking that he hasn't experienced before. He's never had this much money. He's never had this much responsibility, but he's also never been this banged up too, right? And I always say, you find out the most about an athlete after his first injury. So this is going to be an interesting experiment. And uh, I'm, I'm happy for the dude. Anytime somebody can get damn near a quarter billion dollars, I'm not going to ever be mad at you. I'm, 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 I'm happy for the cat. I just, I hope for the bull's sake that, because um, some of this plan has kind of been ditched too, right? Because all we heard about was development. Right, like all we heard about was, and all of a sudden, your man AK and, and Mark Evans looked around. Was like, no, 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 no. we gotta. It's a HUD home. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta mess around and take this shit down <laughs> to the to the studs. You know, they they turn over the roster with thirteen guys in, in two years. That's so, the thing. I, I'm thinking that the only guy that AK and Mark are married to is Patrick Williams. You know, the rest of those guys is like. Hey man, Demar, thank you. Like you said, who knew that you on you know on this redemption tour? But the rest of you guys, yeah, it's <laughs> like, hey man, you get time to show and prove. And I definitely you 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 kicked a bunch of great points, Jay, about you know Zach in the self inventory, man, because that's something me and T talked about this entire season. Some of that shot selection, you know, some we saw him in spurts play great man to man defense. We saw him in his first lead, but also like you said. He was playing in the, over with the knee injury, and he, you know he he tried to play through it, and you know he he showed some grit, he showed some grimy, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, man, like you said, once you get these this max, and luckily for them, he wasn't all NBA. Oh. That super max would have been calling, and then it would have really been all. So <laughs> I'm with you, Jay. Get money, get money, Zach. I don't mind seeing Zach back in Chicago. I don't know T's thoughts on that. I'll let him speak on that. Uh, but real quick, uh, I totally think he's going to be a bull. I just feel like it makes a, a lot of sense for him. Uh, but we'll see. I, dealing with AK, you know, a savvy, you know, uh, savvy guy when it comes to making moves. Uh, I'm never surprised. Well, I won't be surprised with anything that happens. Nah, nah, AK, and, and there ain't no leaks, so you'll mess around and find out when this pod dropped tomorrow. <laughs> they, they didn't traded everybody for Carl Anthony Towns or something like that. So we'll see. We'll see. Hey, man, we got to do this again. I uh, I truly appreciate y'all time, man. You guys, like I mentioned, I don't, I don't say these things and these aren't just hollow words. When this opportunity was um, presented to me, and Bill Simmons and I were talking, he's like, "What you know? What do you want to call it?" And he threw out a couple of things, and it was a couple of things like Windy City. I'm like, "No, no, 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 we don't do that. We don't do that." And I, I told him I wanted to call it the Full Go. And the reason why I wanted to call it the Full Go is because I wanted the full landscape of voices, opinions, and thoughts, and just just content from people that uh, the powers that be, that the platforms that are the, you know, the archaic ones in this city don't get a chance to put on display. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes the best talent don't get the microphones that they need. And I hope in this moment that the people who are listening to this podcast, who have heard you before, uh, can hear you again. And if they, you haven't heard the bigs, Make sure that you understand that these dudes are at every single sporting event here in the city of Chicago. Uh, they are everywhere, whether it be high school, WNBA, NBA, Major League Baseball, 
Uh, you'll catch them around the Bears as well. They got they them boys getting money now because they got correspondence. Yeah, that's all I know. You know what I'm saying? They 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 got a full network of people, fellas. I truly appreciate y'all time. Y'all didn't have to do this on a Sunday night, but you did it with me, and I'm thankful. Much love to you, Jay, man. Like I said, we all we got, man. And uh, you just you know you keep setting the bar, man. Keep 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 pushing the envelope, man. Because you know it wouldn't be no me and T without you and without you know, SD and Brian Crawford and all the guys. Like I said, I hate to yes, start sir. naming people because we is somebody I'm going to forget and I hate to do that. But, hey, man, we don't take this lightly either, brother. And I'm going to, you know, the new saying is get her flowers. But, you know, that's what we're going to do, man. Because, like I said, I we got we share a mutual friend in common. Shout out to Jelani. And uh-huh, Jelani, uh, Juice. Ex- <laughs> man, Juice, he spoke, he spoke extremely high of you. And uh, I couldn't do anything but echo his sentiments, man. So shout out to you, man. Shout out to everything that you're doing, that you will continue to keep doing. And, uh, man, just hit us up, and we're here anytime for you, brother. Yes, sir. Gino, yes, sir. speaking of forgetting names, I don't mean to butt in. Shout out to our boy, Joseph Lewis. Uh, you know, I mentioned members of the team. I can't forget about my boy, Joe. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, but, Jason, all love. You already know. Yeah. Yeah, man. Tell the people how they can uh, check out your stuff, where where they need to go, the platforms. Man, uh, at It's The Bigs on Twitter, at It's The Bigs on Instagram, www.thebigs.us is the website. We got a newsletter. Uh, we do daily updates. We got, uh, you know, we got something brewing, man. We got a, a couple, couple things to handle this week, man. Just Steady content, man. Just uh, make sure, just type in, just Google the bigs, man, and it, everything is going to pop up, man. We we everywhere, and uh, we're going to continue to be everywhere, man. So yeah. give yeah, us man. a holler, man. Yes, sir. Yes, break sir. some bread Break some bread with the brothers, too, man. Yeah. Break some, bread and, and, break some bread. Break some bread, and more importantly, give them some bread. You know what I'm saying? I'm tired of people out here thinking that support is free. All right? Buy the merch. Hang out with the fellas. And make sure that you understand. Like, these are the dudes who, whether it be Betty the Butcher or Kevin Durant, when people come to this city, they touch down with these cats. And they do it in a major way. Joe Madden, it don't matter. These dudes have been tapped in and locked in with the newsmakers and the the quote-unquote influencers in the sporting community, especially here in the city of Chicago for a very, very long time. There's nothing more for me to say. I'm glad that these dudes had a chance to hop on. Uh, I'm glad that you guys had a chance to to hear it. Uh, for the entire crew, uh, Tony Gill, Jesse Lopez, the always active Jesse Lopez, and the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. He is somewhere in the shadows there. He's probably consoling my man, John Yastrzemski, over at the New York, New York podcast for that ass whooping that the Sox put on them today. He wanted to, he wanted to, yeah, he wanted to cut it up a little bit at around 1045. I told him I'd be busy drinking winter champagne. So I, I catch him on the flip. But for Steve Cerruti, Jesse Lopez, my man, Tony Gill, and of course, our guests, the bigs, Terrence Tomlin and Eugene McIntosh. For all the fellas and the guys, we thank you so much for hanging out. We thank you for doing whatever you do with this podcast, whether it's downloading it, sharing it, rating and reviewing it. Of course, of course, tell your family, tell your friends. We appreciate you so much. For the fellas, this has been episode 106 of the Full Go Podcast. As always, we leave you with this. Make sure you guys are taking care of each other and be safe.